0: Welcome to Episode 2 of 10 Bound Research Labs hosted by Derek Williams. Ten Bound Research Labs is a special podcast series focused purely on researching the top technology tools that teams are using to see sales development success. And on episode two of Ten Bound Research Labs, Derek brings on an old friend, Zach Thompson, Senior Manager of Global Sales Development and Expansion at Zoom Info. Derek, welcome Zach to the show decided to kick things off with his old friend and asks Zach to explain his unique title of Senior Manager of Global Sales Development and Expansion. Zach explains his unique role at Zoom Info and how he got there as he started out as an SDR. At the 15 minute mark, Derek asks Zach how companies who haven't invested in the type of intelligence that Zoom Info provides can overcome some of those initial hurdles and how to bridge the gap from really not knowing maybe even where to start. At the 30 minute mark, Zach and Derek get really granular on how Zoom Info sources their data and the type of quality assurance efforts that go into ensuring they're providing top notch intelligence to their clients. super super fascinating information here and Derek wraps up this value-packed episode by asking Zach what other types of technology outside of zoom info his team is using to see and drive success and as with every answer in this episode Zach gives a fantastic one look if you are a top of funnel sales development professional this episode is a must listen Zach's story is inspiring, his journey starting as an SDR, getting into leadership at an insanely fast-growing company like Zoom Info. This episode is full of valuable tactical information. Enjoy episode two of Ten Bound Research Labs, hosted by Derek Williams. And if you enjoy this episode, please leave us a review and a five-star rating. Enjoy the show.
1: Hi everyone, this is Derek Williams with 10 Bound, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing an old friend, Zach Thompson, with Zoom Info. This is the Ten Bound Research Labs podcast series where we're hyper focused on you know investigating and, and talking to the top technologies out there that are driving sales development success. Zach, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today.
2: Yeah, Derek, thanks for having me. Excited to be here, excited to rekindle some old conversations going back a couple years now and, and to get into some of what's new as well.
1: Yeah. So everyone, Zach is the Senior Manager of Global Sales Development and Expansion. He's been at Zoom Info for about two and a half years. So he has a lot to share with us and a lot to say, I'm sure. But I have a quick question for you. What does it mean, can you help the listeners understand the and expansion piece of your title. It sounds like that might be a little different from the norm in terms of sales development focus.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I I found myself in a pretty cool position at ZoomInfo where I work a lot on mergers and acquisitions that we have made and specifically kind of building the sales development teams and motions to support taking those products, taking those technology assets and integrating the teams that that we bring in through those acquisitions. So that's kind of the expansion piece, specifically referring to M&A activity that we've had over the past 12 plus months. Started out with Clickagy back in October of 2020, I guess that was. And then shortly thereafter was EverString. And then moving into this year, we had Incent, which is now Zoom Info Chat, Chorus, and then most recently Ringlead. So I've been very involved in in those projects, kind of pre-acquisition, planning, getting to know those teams, working more on the strategy side. And then, of course, once the the announcements made, and we bring those teams on going out and, and executing with them.
1: Awesome. That's a tremendous amount of insight, I imagine, that you have. You've seen a lot in a short period of time in those last 12 months. For so sure. let's take a step back. You know, you and I first met 2019, and ironically enough, it was at the 10-Bound Conference. You were with Discover Org, as, I believe, a team lead sales development manager, I was running sales development at HG Insights, and coincidentally, we were somewhat of competitors at the time. But nonetheless, we were able to exchange yeah. some insights, and I learned a lot from what you guys were doing there at the time. And so, you know, it's it's cool to see our paths crossing again here. And I think that sets up for a good backdrop in what we're going to be talking about today with regard to sales intelligence and different things. So, Zach, can you just give us a little bit more of a, of a back story on yourself, actually, and how you got into the position you're at now? And can you actually talk a little bit more about the inflection point of when ZoomInfo acquired DiscoverOrg? You were there for that.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I actually started at DiscoverOrg back in February of 2018. So I'm coming up on almost four years with the company as a whole now through DiscoverOrg and, and then, of course, ZoomInfo subsequently. I started out as an SDR myself and really kind of ended up here. I describe it as like a happy accident. I truly, I knew nothing about SaaS. I knew nothing about data, nothing about the business world in general, if I'm being completely candid. I was at a point where I was in a position where I was pouring a lot in and and not getting out what I thought I should be getting. And so I was looking to make a change. And so honestly, I started just I took the laziest, like easy route possible. And I used the LinkedIn easy apply where you just like fill everything out once and then you just blast your resume, shotgun approach and and try to get it in as many crevices as you can. And the discoverer recruiter was the first one to call me back. That happened on a Saturday. She called me on a Monday. I had the job by Thursday. So not to say that I didn't know anything about the company. Like obviously I, I did a little bit of research and a little bit of homework through the interview process, but I had no clue what I was attaching myself to in February of 2018. If you would have told me, hey, in a little over two and a half years, you guys are gonna gonna IPO in the middle of a global pandemic and you're gonna acquire your largest competitor and several other companies, I would have thought like, yeah, that's ambitious. Like we're growing pretty fast, but that's a stretch. But here we are. So I started as an SDR myself worked with one of the top sellers at Legacy Discover Oregon and, and kind of learned just about everything that I know about sales from from him and from the other people that I was around and just kind of being market educated that way. And, you know, found myself in, in the right rooms at the right times, you know, working really hard and definitely on the right side of some luck that went my way as well. I think a lot of that just has to do with, you know, putting your head down and, and working really hard and, and bringing value and, you know, those opportunities tend to find people who who do that. So eventually had an opportunity to move into a team lead role and always kind of have loved coaching, mentoring, working with people, right? Not just the fulfillment of booking a great meeting, closing a deal, whatever. Like I love seeing other people grow and succeed and, and just knowing like, hey, I helped that person unlock that thing that helped them get to that next level. And I find that incredibly gratifying. So I wanted to pursue this sort of people leadership route. So I took the team lead role, eventually became a manager and and a senior manager now, and uh, currently overseeing about 65 SDRs at ZoomInfo between the emerging products teams, as well as our international focused new business
0: team.
1: Wow. Wow. That's a tremendous focus and one of the larger SDR teams that we hear about. So yeah, I mean, in Kudos to you, right place, right time. But you know, when an opportunity arises, it's really on us to make the most of that. And it looks like you did in, you know, establishing those relationships, digging deep in the industry you were new in. in. And that's what this is all about, right? Just kind of you know getting stuck in and making the most of you know where where we end up. And it looks like it's worked in your favor, so that's that's really good. It's been an I'm sure a, an exciting ride, both highs and lows, but I'd imagine more highs than lows. The last twelve months have yeah, been no really, really, really busy for for Zoom Info. And so I'm sure real busy for you. You mentioned some of the things already on my list here. I have the launch of Zoom Info Engage, which we'll talk about. I'm excited to to hear more on. Clickagy you mentioned, EverString, you launched workflows. I guess this activates market insights, buyer intent, and website activity. There's announcement of Zoom Info Chat. You you already kind of touched on that. The one that kind of caught my eye as well, and we were, we were talking about this in our planning, was the Zoom Info Recruiter, which I thought, so yeah, Zoom Info Recruiter. It's getting some traction with, with recruiters and staffing firms. So that sounds cool. But the big one the big one in the last twelve months, and I guess it's been described by CEO and, and founder Henry Schuck as a milestone that has a game-changing impact on Zoom Info's trajectory and can will transform how businesses everywhere go to market. And that's the chorus acquisition here in July of 2021. And so I think that sets the stage for, for where we want to jump into the meat and potatoes of our of our interview here. And the big three, you know, we talked a little bit about conversational intelligence as one of those sales engagement platform and sales intelligence, the Zoom info, big three there. And so can you just tell me, you know, about the chorus acquisition a little bit and what does that look like for you guys right now and how did that come to be?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So we were out, you know, evaluating technologies in the market for some time and, you know, I wasn't directly super involved at the early stages of kind of deciding what was going to be acquired. But you know, we wanted to we wanted to have that conversation intelligence technology embedded into the platform, you know, to be an integral part of our own go-to-market motion as well as to provide that value to our customers. It's something that, you know, we've been longtime believers in conversation intelligence. It's been something that we've used to coach and level up our sales org. It's something we've used to onboard and to shorten ramp times. And I mean, there's a very long list of applications and areas in the business where we found value from conversation intelligence So now to actually own a technology asset and have that to be you know built into our platform it's pretty exciting and it's something that you know even in the sdr org and we talked a little bit about this too in our planning we used to record some sdr calls but prior to the acquisition of chorus we weren't doing a whole lot with sdr call recording Most of where we were using conversation intelligence was for AEAM closing role calls, as well as some of our like customer onboarding rollouts, things like that. But we weren't using it a ton in the SDR org, which meant for me, going through and coaching reps was very, very labor intensive, very manual. I didn't have any of the sort of AI based insights. I couldn't see trends in the same way. And, and even if I were able to, it took a lot more resources, a lot more time, a lot more effort to get to, you know, seeing a pretty, a pretty basic trend within one of my teams. So it's been a game changer for us just in how many calls we can actually listen to from our reps. And this is especially true in this remote slash hybrid in-office remote world, right? There's no such thing anymore as the sales floor as it existed two, two and a half years ago. We don't have the same opportunities for SDRs to, you know, to take their headset off and to listen to the person next to them who's on a call and to pick up a talk track. So to be able to grab a snippet of a call that's really good and blast that out, you know, we're, we're able to do that so much more quickly and so much more easily than we ever were before. We're able to identify larger trends in our, in our data. Hey, what are our reps doing well right now? And how can we blow that up? What are our reps really struggling with right now? And where do we need to focus our coaching efforts? And it gets pretty granular, like down to the level of, you know, if I have five different sales development teams that I'm overseeing and I see one of those teams has an average talking rate words per minute that's significantly above the other teams, that's something I'm going to coach on because our data shows us there's a sweet spot for how fast you should talk. There's a sweet spot for how much should you talk versus how much should you listen on a discovery call? How many engaging questions are you asking? These are all insights we now get across all of our SDR calls that, again, we didn't have that kind of data before. So it's really informed our leadership team a lot as well. And, you know, where are we investing our resources? What are we coaching on? And, you know, it's helped us find those spots to really move the needle a lot more quickly and efficiently.
1: What's the balance between listening to calls and looking at the data that you get from the conversational intelligence?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think each leader and each manager has kind of a different ratio of this, probably just depending on kind of their style. I think for me, it's largely I'm looking at those bigger trends and the analytics to sort of inform where I need to go in and do those deep dives and and slow down and actually listen to full length calls with somebody and, and pick out five, six, seven calls, right? And spend that 30 minutes or spend that full hour doing call review. I don't use it personally so much as, hey, let me just grab kind of a random assortment of calls and, and just see what's out there, see if I might catch something that, that needs some coaching. I'm really looking for, hey, what are the larger trends? Where can I have the most leverage to impact an entire team, an entire group of reps? Or if there's somebody that's you know particularly struggling on a high-performing team, let's say – I may know, hey, I need to go and spend some individual time just going through calls with this person. Like, let's kind of put the analytics aside for a second. Let's just kind of get back to the the basic blocking and tackling. But overseeing an org of of 65 SDRs, you know, I, I wish there were more hours in the day. I wish there were more of me out there to be able to to do all the things that I want to do. Like, there are those human limitations. So I I honestly feel like Chorus is is kind of a superpower in being able to prioritize and understand where can I have the most leverage? Like if I'm going to spend 30 minutes, an hour, whatever block of time on a particular rep, on a particular team or or moving the needle somewhere, Chorus really helps me understand where I can get the most value out of that time. And it's just so much easier to make those decisions now and, and to know, even if I am passing up something else, like I know what that opportunity cost is and, and I've got really high leverage somewhere else in the business,
1: so. What would you say to the the company that has a tool where they have conversational intelligence, maybe it's, you know, chorus through zoom info or another company, but, you know, isn't using the intelligence. They are really just leveraging it as a, as a, as a call repository of calls. What would you say to that company to get them to actually activate utilizing the insights and investing the time to program it? Because I guess that's, the hindrance to that, right, is how do you set it up, right? Scorecards are an example of how you might be able to leverage. I told you the story where I worked with a company recently and listened to nearly 400 of their calls myself by human over the period of about two and, mm-hmm. and a half months. And, you know, as a yeah. team of about 15 SDRs, and we were doing call coaching and helping them improve call length and conversion and rebuttal handling. There's a rubric of you know ca- of categories, if you will, that we're looking and measuring to, and helping these folks move the needle. Now, we didn't leverage conversational intelligence; we just had a repository of calls that we were running through. What would you say to the company that's not hasn't bridged the gap yet, has the technology but hasn't turned it on because they're probably you know hesitant due to setup?
0: Yeah,
2: I would say. It's really like it's a small upfront investment. You know, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some resources. But what you will gain from an insights perspective and what you will be able to automate moving forward and keep tabs on what's going on right now, but also have sort of this vision of where things are going and, and how you can impact that, that's really invaluable. Like if you've invested, especially if you've already gotten over that initial I don't want to call it a hump, but if you've already made that decision to invest in the technology and you're just using it as a repository, like there's value in that, don't get me wrong, but there's so much more in terms of actually making it actionable, making it programmatic, automating, right? And so I think scorecards are are a great tool to use for us, you know, we have we have new business outbound teams. We have existing business outbound teams that focus on upsells. We have an inbound team that handles all of our hot inbound leads. We have specialized teams that handle our warm leads, which are not quite hot, but not quite cold outbound either. So we specialize a lot, and as such, we've developed scorecards for each of those different roles so that we can really hone into the skills that are necessary to excel in each one of those roles so that we're supporting people as they move up, you know, through the organization into the different roles, and on their path to becoming an AM or an AE or what have you, so that we're developing all the appropriate skills to be successful in the role that they're in, but also to start looking at the things that are going to make them successful when they make the move to the next role. So all of that is stuff that we're aided in by using conversational intelligence and having it programmed in. It's not just a, hey, let me flag this call because it was a great call and I I might want to review it later. Like, we want to make it as actionable as possible when we find something that's working. We want to get that, pry it out and blast it out to everybody in the org that it would apply to and add value to. So again, a lot of value in the repository, but if you've already invested in the technology and and you haven't set anything up like scorecards or, or ways to sort of, extract larger, higher level insights from that data that you're getting. I mean, you're, you're sitting on you're sitting on a gold mine and you're not digging. That's how I would think about it.
1: And I would imagine a new customer who's turning on conversational intelligence and ZoomInfo would have some support from client success and in, in the ongoing, and the onset, I'm sorry, to get that set up. Is that right?
2: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. From customer success to, you know, you're a dedicated account manager, even having access to reach out to somebody like me, like, Hey, we've got this all set up, but like, can we talk to somebody in your org who uses this on a regular basis and understand what are their best practices? Like I love jumping on calls like that with our clients and just saying, Hey, here's exactly what I do. And I think I speak for the rest of our leadership team. When I say like, we are happy to do that. Like we want to be partners in your success when you invest in our tools, the data is great, but it does take some guidance on, Hey, how do we, how do we use this in the best way?
1: right exactly thank you for that and that's a good insight on the structure and the specialization that's unfolding at zoom info and definitely you know for those that are listening take note on that specialization is definitely the way to go is as much as you can let's change gears a little bit the second element of the big three that we had talked about is sales engagement and the sales engagement platform so in the last 12 months one of the big announcements has been zoom info engage and i'm really excited about this myself i have a client who just turned it on and I've had a chance to play with it a little bit. We haven't really got into rolling out sequences and you know some, and blasting it out. We just went through the acquisition process of buying the licenses, but it's something that's really cool. The fact that we're combining database sales intelligence with the sales engagement platform and making that, that coupling, if you will, so that we can streamline that data journey and be way more effective in our outreach. And so I'm all about that. Normally, as you know, in most cases, in the companies that I talk to, they have a standalone sales engagement platform separate from their data provider. Right? You might see Zoom Info in another sales engagement platform sitting on top of, say, Salesforce as an as an example. With you know many other you know tech items in the in the stack. But one thing that I noticed when we were unfolding and and, and just turning it on was that there is still it is separate. Zoom Info Engage is sitting separate on the side of your ZoomInfo instance. So if you're a ZoomInfo customer, you log into a separate instance to have ZoomInfo engage. Is that right? Talk to me about that experience.
2: Yeah, yeah. So there's still a a separate application for engage. It's very seamless to be able to push data from the ZoomInfo platform into an engage instance. And there's actually a lot of cool ways to automate that based on certain conditions that are met using that intelligence layer of zoom info's data right so it's not just like if you're using another sales engagement platform you know you go into zoom info you build like your your icp list or maybe you map out your territory or whatever you push a bunch of data into your sales engagement platform there's value in that but what if you had you know more intelligence underneath that saying look these are the very best people to reach out to right now Leveraging things like Zoom Info's intent data, uh, Zoom Info's scoops, or company news. We're also doing a lot of cool stuff with kind of identifying which people are most likely to engage. So we can take a sales flow, for example, and we can show you analytics on, okay, of all the people you sent this sales flow to, the sales operations persona is engaging at the highest rate with it. And maybe demand gen is engaging with it at the lowest rate. So now we know like, hey, this, this sales flow is not really effective going after demand gen people. We can actually build out those types of insights and analytics and provide those in real time now. So it's, it's really more than just, you know, having good data and, and pushing it into a platform to activate it. It really is thinking about, you know, that intelligence layer that's at the base and core of everything Zoom Info is, right? That's the data, that's the fuel and being able to engage people, engage prospects, engage current customers based on intelligence signals and based on things from that intelligence layer, all in one ecosystem. So yeah, it is still a separate application now, but being able to to have all that automation set up, there's big advantages there versus some of the other sales engagement platforms out there that, that you might use.
1: Very good. Very good. And what does the setup look like when you're... Activating Zoom Info Engage. If I'm a new, if I'm a Zoom Info customer, what does the experience look like in activating and engaging a Zoom Info Engage cycle? You know, is it pretty seamless? What's that? And maybe you can talk to me about the pricing structure a little bit for those that are listening in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a specialized team internally of overlay reps that support our account managers. And then we have a couple who work on the new business side as well, although most of our new business reps are equipped to sell that as part of their deals. So if you're an existing ZoomInfo customer, you can reach out to your account account manager, you reach out to me, we can show you a demo, show you all the different things we can do with it and kind of figure out, you know, how we need to configure everything to solve the challenges that you have or or to replicate if you're moving from one SEP over to Engage to replicate the functionality that you had and you know make sure that we're solving anything that wasn't being solved before that type of thing and then you know we go through we roll that out we make sure all of the the integrations are set up to your crm your system of record as well as to the zoom info platform depending on the package and and the type of subscription you have you know we'll, we'll look at turning on some of those automation features that i talked about and you know determining what the criteria should be for triggering a contact to be pushed into engage and assign to a specific rep or drop into a sales flow automatically based on certain conditions. So we go through that whole exercise, just making sure that everything is kind of keyed up and ready to go. Because again, the idea is like, let's get as much value out of this as possible. And let's automate as much as possible so that your sellers can spend as much time engaging with prospective buyers as they can. So that's really the name of the game with, with the rollouts. I don't want to get too much into into pricing because there are some factors that obviously vary there depending on again, on level of Zoom info subscription and number of seats and things like that. But you know, being that we're bringing this product to the market and, and catching a lot of momentum, you know we are really eager to earn business on this product, and so you know oftentimes we are coming in as a cheaper alternative. And not even an alternative, but just a, a cheaper option. Alternative is really the wrong word there. We're coming in at, at cheaper prices than some of the big players out there. So, uh, um, Well, when you
1: combine the, I a the lot insights, of- I think there's just, the value is tremendous, right? There's, you know, today the workflow of an SDR, BDR, ADR, XDR, as Pete refers to them. Hi Pete. The Motion for an SDR is convoluted and it's, you know, has some friction in it and just the buffering time alone when you're switching from one application to the other, you know, I was sitting with a rep not too long ago where we were doing a walkthrough, doing, you know, assessing this exact workflow and to build out one account with about five contacts took about 45 minutes. And I don't think everybody realizes that. And so when you're able to really consolidate the stack in areas like this, where the natural flow of an SDR every day, when they are working a new account is, you know, you might start in your Salesforce instance, where the account is assigned to you, you're going to jump into Zoom info, pull in insights, if it's not already tightly integrated, of course, right, you're going to do a cross compare to another tool like maybe sales nav, and then eventually you're going to get that staged and ready to be, you know, in the engagement platform where you can engage. And the cycle of going back and forth, it's frustrating, you know, for some reps that have to so I'm curious, is there a point in time where Zoom info will, will consolidate, where there'll be a more tighter integration, if you will, between Zoom Info and Zoom Info Engage where we're not, you know, I know that I hear what you say and the data is, is somewhat seamless, but we're still in two separate places. Where there to be a day where we're in one place working in that data together.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And as far as looking forward and what's on the roadmap, like got to be a little bit careful there, obviously being a, a publicly traded company. And the truth is, I don't know necessarily what that's going to look like down the road. Like I, I suppose it's possible, but to be completely open and candid with you, I, I don't want to make any promises to the listeners here or or give any kind of false ideas about what may or may not be happening. Uh,
1: Nonetheless, the yeah. Zoom Info Engage platform, as we started out here, is a tremendous offering and something that should be you know talked about more. We we hear a few names very often, and you know now that we have something that's going to be built natively on top of tremendous insights, I think this is a game changer for sure. And it and you know as your CEO and, and founder said, it's definitely going to be a trajectory changer. So thanks for sharing what you can. Looking forward to what's next on that on that front. Let's move on. Sales intelligence. This is the big one. This is where our roads kind of connected when I was at HG Insights. You were at Discover Org, and effectively we were competitors. Now, for those that are listening, HG Insights is a technographic insights provider. And so, from my perspective, you know, it's one thing to you know we're talking relevant you know, call coaching and engaging. This is where the intelligence obviously brings everything together. And I think through technology intelligence, technographic intelligence, where you can you can really leverage. Or ascertain relevant messaging. And you can, the research in a sense is inherent sometimes to the cohort of accounts that you're researching on. So if there's a combination of technology that's complementary to a solution that your company sells, then you'd want to target that organization with interoperable messaging or maybe there's a competitive displacement. So any company that's selling technology should absolutely be leveraging the technographic features within Zoom Info to drill down to their account base and get smart about their messaging. So big believer in that piece. Can you talk to us a little bit about how Zoom Info, though, originates this data, how you acquire this data? How do you get it ready for the market, if you will, and ensure that it's the best out there?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So like at our core at our heart we are a data company and you know discover org back in the day one of the major value props was hey we have a human research team that goes through and verifies all the contact data that we have make sure that people are still working at the company we have them listed at finds the direct dials the extension numbers the mobile numbers that was kind of that was one of the big differentiators for discover org and that piece has remained but when Discover.org and ZoomInfo came together, what we really saw was sort of the marriage of like the methodology and, and the depth of ZoomInfo and sort of the breadth and the scalability of, uh, sorry, of Discover.org and sort of the breadth and the scalability of ZoomInfo. And we were able to kind of bring those two things together and take that level of accuracy and depth and insight to a great level of scale and there's a couple ways we do that one is a, a major contributory network so hundreds of millions of, of records coming in every single day that way via via that contributory network so we have a, a version that allows you to sign up and you get like a few contact lookups over a short period of time in exchange we connect to your email and, and we read email signatures. But it's not just that piece. And that, this is where a lot of data vendors kind of stop. It's really not all that complicated to build a, a scraper and send it out there against the web and return data. It's really not super complicated to do that. If we were just doing that, our data product would be much lower quality. There would be a lot less of it. And there would be a lot of issues with trying to, to use that and, and actually make money as a salesperson or, or you know drive results as a marketer in your campaigns and things like that if we were just scraping. So we also, we still have that human research team and we call it the data research lab, but we're also indexing the B2B web and we're looking at unstructured public information that's out there, large, large amounts of it. And we're applying data science methodologies. And a lot of the research sort of headcount that we used to have that was just kind of manually pounding the phones, calling into companies, verifying information on a one-off basis, a lot of that headcount is now like data scientists and people who are technically a whole lot smarter than I am, who are out there applying different research methodologies to procure and verify and validate and keep up to date large amounts of information that we bring in from indexing the web, from the signatures that we look at, from all the different sources. We're also out there, we're acquiring data in some cases, depending on the type of data and and the things that are involved there. So there's several different layers to that gathering and procurement process. And then, you know, on the back end, we're applying all this data science and machine learning and artificial intelligence to keep that information clean and up-to-date and relevant and accurate so that we can have it in the platform. It's become a very complex system. It's not just as simple anymore as, hey, we built a scraper or, hey, we have this team that calls behind everything that we gather. Like there's a lot of technology behind that that's driving and, and a lot of innovation, like stuff that's, that's on the cutting edge there. And that's part of what makes us a market leader is that we've found how to apply the right types of technology and machine learning and AI to scale the data that we have, not only the amount of data, but the types of data, the data points that we have, where in the world we have data, things like that.
1: Is there geographically an area that ZoomInfo is better at ascertaining, say, from a and or technographic data? Is there countries where it's U.S. is stronger than EMEA for instance, or do you see it being relatively equal across all regions, or is it you know difficult in say an Asia Pac region to get some of those inf- those those details?
2: Yeah, it's a good question, and it really depends on which data point specifically you're talking about. There are some unique challenges to each one, so I'll give you an example. Outside of the English language, oftentimes. Job titles don't translate exactly into how we think about them. Same thing even with names in some languages. So there are things that aren't just a direct one-to-one, hey, we can translate this and then it matches up to the system that we already have to classify, you know, the persona, the job title, things like that. So there are a lot of nuances there that make it difficult to have the same level of detail and same level of coverage everywhere in the world. So yeah, it's I don't want to throw out like a blanket statement either on you know any any one data point it it really does vary but we're growing our data constantly we're out there acquiring data constantly and getting into different parts of the world and different data points different technographics and firmographics and some of that has been through developments in our own research methodologies, like I was talking about, some of that's been data that we've gone out there and acquired through companies like EverStream that are now kind of at the foundation of our data as a service offering, or intent data through a company like Clickagy and sort of buying that that data processing engine that's looking at billions of web activities every single month. Some of it's just like organic growth. Some of it's technological advancement. Some of it's we go out there and we acquire a technology that will add to the portfolio that we already have.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important that, you know, buyers of data always realize that there is no such thing as the perfect data set and we should adjust our expectations. The term that I've always learned and used is that, you know, use the data to be directionally accurate. It gets you going in the right direction, but in some cases it's always going to be perfect. And You know, ZoomInfo, though, is deploying millions and millions of dollars to not only acquire data, but to originate that data through very advanced data science techniques investing loads of money into the people into that process as well with data scientists, probably the best in the world I imagine, are working at Zoom Info right now. That's yeah. very cool. You mentioned intent data and as we kind of near the end of the interview here, I did want to understand, you know, it used to be labeled as Bombara intent data. That's changed, but what are you doing to make intent data less noisy?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So that, that was a lot of what went into our acquisition of Clickogy was you know, ClickAge actually started as a demand side platform or a DSP as they're called in the digital advertising world. And to an extent, DSPs are somewhat like a CRM or another type of technology where there's several options out there. Most of them do roughly the same thing. Some do it better than others. Fairly commoditized space, hard to differentiate yourself. What ClickAge as a company realized is that their true asset was in their data collection and processing engine and the natural language processing that they're able to do on all kinds of websites. So what allows us to really expand our our coverage so much without just being super noisy is that we have that natural language processing that we can apply to any page, not just a a select, you know, group of publisher pages or, or what have you. And that is fed by machine learning and AI. Again, that's constantly getting smarter and smarter and better and better at how to categorize different types of behaviors, different types of, topics that are on web pages. So that's been a really powerful piece of the stack for us.
1: Very good. Thank you. So in changing gears, and as I mentioned, as we kind of wind down a bit, I do want to change the focus and learn a little bit about Zoom Info's SDR team. You've mentioned some really important points. You talked about the specialization of the team. You see the team about 65 in size right now. Can you give me some more insight on that? Maybe you know, are you hiring, for instance, SDRs? I think anybody listening to this might be curious about that. Are you growing the team? What's the, the plan for 2022? And in that, can you talk to the KPIs? Actually, I think that's an area that people would be very interested to understand is how do you manage the data from a, a KPI and metric standpoint?
2: Totally. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you asked that. So and just to clarify, my direct oversight of the org is about 65 SDRs, but in total, we're between 325 and 350. So yeah, we're a very large team, nevertheless, still hiring, still growing like crazy. We will absolutely be pushing all of this momentum into 2022. We're hiring now, we will be hiring then. So if you're you're in the market and interested, drop me a note on LinkedIn, or if you have Zoom info, you can find my contact information there and we'll be happy to chat with you. But yeah, we specialize. So most people, when they get hired, they start on our inbound team which is fielding hot leads that come in through our website. And that's kind of the proving grounds, if you will. From there, most people move to an outbound team. And depending on sort of what they want to do with their career path and where their skills are, we try to sort of funnel people into either existing business-facing customer teams. So those are teams that are calling into our customers and upselling. They're helping account managers with renewal conversations, things like that, or a new business team, which is new logo hunting, pretty straightforward. So we do, we specialize our teams, not only in inbound and outbound, but also in kind of focused on existing business and upsells focused on existing business and emerging products, which is sort of my realm and where my 65 or so sit that's upselling specifically, like one team's focused on engage. That's, it's not all they sell, but it's the primary thing that they're out there driving. We have a team that's focused on chorus primary thing that they're out there driving. So we specialize in that way. And as we have kind of new product launches, or we go out and we buy a product or a technology, we typically have one team that's kind of focused on that, at least for a period of time, until that product sort of folds into the ZoomInfo stack as a whole. And like, depending on what it is, it may be something that will have a dedicated selling team in perpetuity. It it may be something that kind of folds into the existing sort of core ZoomInfo offering. So kind of depends. But yeah, we try to take into account, you know, what do people want to do? If they want to be an account executive, we want to get them to a new business outbound team. That's going to be the quickest route for them to learn the skills they need to be a new business seller. It's going to be the most direct path from A to B. For people that want to go more into the account management side of things, we put them on a customer-facing outbound team. That way, they start to learn sort of the customer ecosystem, the customer journey, how the Customer success managers work with the account managers and, you know, who has what responsibilities and so forth and so on. And we typically will have people move from like SMB to mid market to enterprise and so forth. So they start to get kind of that flavor for every part of the business. So there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of different ways that those paths go. I've described them as very linear, but in reality, there's a lot of people who have gone kind of all over the place and bounced around, you know, from new biz to existing biz back to new biz emerging, you name it. So there's a lot of options there. As far as KPIs, we are very much a high volume, high velocity machine. Like that's what our organization is optimized for. So we are certainly not the, you know, six meetings a month, full BANT qualification on every conversation type of shop. And I'm not saying anything about that, whether it's right or wrong, just the way that we've designed our organization and our funnel. We're optimized for conversations. We're optimized for velocity. We want to go as fast as we can. We want to have as many opportunities and as many at-bats as we can. We want to get our sellers in front of as many buyers as possible. That's how we've designed things. And as such, we're very much looking at on outbound. Typically, it's going to be 75 to 100 outbound calls per day. On inbound, typically 125 calls per day. Another big thing we, we measure on inbound is our speed to lead or our, basically our inbound response time. So from the time a lead hits a rep's inbox, how many seconds pass before they call it Our uh, seconds correct. And that, that's, a, that's a change for a lot of people. A lot of people think about that in terms of minutes or hours or sometimes even days. For us, that SLA is 90 seconds. If we're not on the phone within 90 seconds, something's wrong. Like that's no good. Like we want to get people while they're still on our website after they've filled out that form, while they're still thinking about us, while we're still fresh. And that's how we drive our conversion of lead to demo to the level that we've been able to do that. A lot of it has to do with that response time. Like The more time that passes, I mean, exponentially, your, your chance of converting that lead into a meeting, went into a meaningful meeting. It falls off a cliff. Even so for, for Zoom Info, who has
1: a corner on the market from a data intelligence standpoint, like that's tremendous. You know, if you're competing and you're, you know, emerging, you should be in the second SLA timeframe. But most companies aren't. They're in the minutes and days as you mentioned. So very good insight there. I have a one last question for you. What other technology is for- driving success for your team right now that you can mention?
2: Yeah. I mean, First and foremost, it's Zoom Info. Obviously, that's at the uh, foundation of everything we do. Engage also being a great one. We use tools that help us accelerate our our dialing, and you know anything that helps us be more efficient is something that we're we're interested in. Whether we're going to buy it elsewhere or whether we're going to build something in house that accomplishes that for us, you know anything that allows us to move more quickly and to optimize any part of our funnel, like we're we're interested in that we're we're always looking to make those small tweaks to drive those marginal efficiency gains because again that's just the type of the type of engine we've set up and and sort of how we're optimized so
1: Well, this has been very insightful, Zach. Thank you for spending so much time with me. I know this is a longer interview than some of our previous, but I think we really had a lot to unpack here. And it's been good to reconnect after so many years. And I hope that we can continue the doors of uh, keeping the doors communication open. You guys have been listening to Zach Thompson, Senior Manager, Global Sales Development and Expansion at Zoom Info, we've been talking conversational intelligence, sales intelligence, sales engagement platform, and the foundational layer that, you know, all of this kind of forms for your go-to-market motions. And what they're building there at Zoom Info effectively is a go-to-market operating system. And it's an awesome thing to see coming together. Can't wait to see the 2022. Zach, thanks again. I think you said LinkedIn is the best way to find you if people want to reach out.
2: Yeah. LinkedIn's great. Or again, if you have Zoom info, my information is in there as well. But yeah, LinkedIn is good. Or my email is just Zachary.Thompson at ZoomInfo.com.
1: There you have it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Zach.